You're listening to the HNC Let's Talk podcast, hosted by Dexter Brooks. Thanks for tuning in to HNC Let's Talk podcast. We partner with subject matter experts to provide candid conversations on health and lifestyle. Here at HNC Let's Talk podcast, mental, physical, spiritual, financial, and health are all connected. This episode of HNC Let's Talk podcast is sponsored by HealthNet Co. Together, we make insurance simple. Good afternoon. I'm Dexter Brooks. I'm your host, and I want to introduce you to our guest host today, Jason Schenkel. How are you doing, Jason? I'm doing good. How are you, Dex? Doing well, man. Doing well. Been a busy day for a Sunday, you know? Oh, yeah. I know how it is. So what are we, what's going to be your topic for the day? So the topic for the day is going to be, how are you handling your stress? How are you handling your stress? That's a good one, especially right now. Definitely. Um, you know, uh, you know, the landscape of things are changing a bit. A lot of cyber world things and stuff like that. So the reason why chose to name it that is because, you know, I'm around working on my harmony, working on healing things and stuff like that. And, and really just that stress meter because the thing is, is the show must go on. So I know that there's a lot of people working from home and having to adapt and doing Zoom sessions and, and things like that. And just the landscape of how we communicate and the definition of interpersonal communication is changing a bit. So with this question to the listeners is how are you handling your stress is, you know, kind of like what is your self-reflection in terms of while you're sitting here during these times having to adapt to technology, you know, what are you seeing in terms of your relationships with your family? Because you got to think about this, you know, if you're not going to work and then you're working from home, you know, it's... You know, you, you're going to be around your loved ones a whole lot, which is a good thing. And for some people, you know, let's just keep it real. There's some people you just, when you're around, you just go, wow, I yep. can really do without that attitude. I can really do without that energy. You know, that's, you know, I didn't realize. That's so true. You're right. Because I, I can remember, you know, thinking about it. Like I've been, have, I've had the opportunity to work from home most of my adult career for the last 10 years. And when I first started it, it was, uh, it was a challenge. You know, it wasn't just a challenge because I was working from home and I wasn't around my colleagues and, you know, things of that nature. From then, it was a challenge because technology hadn't caught up either, <laughs> you know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, but now... But now technology is caught up, but um, you think about it, you know, when people are no longer in that office setting and not having that colleague sitting right next to them and, you know, they sh shooting the crap, you know, throughout the day, you know, while working. And then also you find yourself sitting at home and you got family and you got the dog, you got, <laughs> you got the television, you know. <laughs> You know, you really have to figure out how to coordinate and how to reduce the stress because you can find yourself in a stressful situation just by having the family there at the same time. 
Yeah, very true. They also see have children. You know, yeah, what I mean? and like kids, teenagers, and things like that. Yeah, it's like you could barely have them sit down in the seat and eat dinner, and how you expecting them to sit around in a house for eighteen hours? They running up to, up the wall, and you just going, "Oh, we, you know, who <laughs> we?" Because it's, it's changing to online learning. So not only, you know, with in regards to you know how you're handling your stress, is how is your children adapting? How is your family adapting to this? Because even with my children now, we're, we're having a you know a transition to this online learning piece, which my children are adapting to. But it's it's a totally different landscape. Now, how are they take? You know, how are they dealing with that? I mean, that is really something that we need to dig into because these are kids that are used to being around kids. Yeah, and and the thing about it, Dex, is kids are very resilient. You know, they adapt, right? Not to not to minimize it or anything like that, but you know, I gotta go to work. I gotta pay the bills. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's 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 different degrees of stress. And then I'm just a natural provider, and that's just how I am. So that just comes natural to me. But in terms of that, to answer to your question, the kids are very resilient. They're, they're gonna adapt. But the thing is, is it's the social piece, right? It's the social piece that, you know, would be the tell of the tape because, you know, we don't know how long this is going to go on, which we're not going to get into because we want to focus on how you're handling your harmony, right? But no, they adapt. It's like we adapt. Um, Children are very resilient, which is another thing, uh, you know, good um, segue for, like, self-advocacy. You know, when I'm talking about how do you handle stress and how do you, you know, bring this balance, you know, like, number one, like, one thing I remember, you know, when I was a a psychology professor at the Community College of Denver, um, along with doing community therapy, I would always come home and just work, 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 work. Even when I had my kids, I would just be over here multitasking, going over here, going over here. And one one rule of thumb for me is, is I never do work in the bedroom. I don't take my laptop in my bedroom because I have to have a place that is a, a, a sanctuary for me, mm-hmm. um, a lack of expression. Yep. In terms of making sure I have a carved out place for harmony, and I know that there's some people that's like, hey, man, we really struggling. I'm like, shoot, my, my bedroom is my office. It's like, well, that means you're probably going to have to use the closet. You know what I mean? Or something like that. You, you, you make it work because you have to have a place where – you know, because you got to think about it. When you're working, you're in a working energy. Like how I work, I work simul. I do a lot of simultaneous stuff. I have three emails up. You know, sometimes I'll have two two laptops in front of me where I'm like, okay, answering the email here. I got to update this website here. Okay, I got to finish this part of this book. I have to send this to this person so this person can have this because I'm a business owner, and that's just how I move. I just move with a hustle. I, oh, I'm just born like that. That's just in my blood. So. Um, in terms of energy-wise and having that harmony, you got to make sure that you know you're, you're carving out those places. Because like what you were talking about earlier, there's some people that go to work. Shoot, that car ride is what keeps the screws tight. You know what I mean? Because they like, <laughs> I know I'm gonna be on this highway. You know, I love my family, but you know what I mean. This is the time for me to listen to a podcast. This is the time for me to listen to my music, turn it up on 38. You know what I mean? It just blast it out you know what i mean that type of stuff on the highway and it's totally different it's totally different 
in terms of balance, you got to think about it. Let's say for the people that are already self-caring and already have a routine, right? Oh, Their yeah. routine is being interrupted yeah. naturally. I know. I've told a lot of my friends Absolutely. one of the things they should do is even though you're working from home, you need to get up in the morning as if they're, you're going to leave the house. Okay, so don't change that routine. Get up, take a shower, put your clothes on. If you're going to have your coffee, to get your coffee. If you're going to uh, prepare some breakfast, do that. The only difference is you're just not going to walk out that door, you know. <laughs> right, so, you know but right, you need right. to keep that routine the same. And once you, once you get that down packed to the fact that you're knowing that you're home, then you can start to maybe – deviate from that routine a little bit like like i say i've been doing this the remote home type thing for quite a long time and when i do it i normally have my little space in the corner you know or a real separate room you know I, I get up do my routine i turn the television on the sound may not be on but it's on right right you know and then i, I start to focus and then I also make sure that I still do the same thing if I, I get up, take breaks, sit back down, same way if I was in their office. I won't deviate from that. Yeah. But like yeah, I said, the stress come from when you got the, the, the stress come from when you got the family at the same time because you know they're going to want attention at the same time, they're going to come in the same room, they're going to sit down and chat, you know. <laughs> So that's where the stress yeah. comes from. Then you got to then you got to start setting boundaries and rules, and it's like, okay, this is my time to do this. Um, yeah. Not trying to isolate, but you know, you got to get the job right. done. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that rule of thumb right there. Because you got to think about it as kind of like a muscle memory. You know what I mean? It's just like kind of like muscle memory, but instead of muscle memory, it's like energetic boundary energy. Mm hmm. Right? like you said, having to carve out that space, you know, and having to, and it's the thing, there's a lot of things that you may be realizing at this moment, you know what I mean? It may be like, wow, you know, I didn't realize that this was so prevalent in here or, you know, just the conversations you'll have. And then, you know, and then also, I mean, there's good optimistic things going on, you know, the polar opposite happening too, because, you know, for some people that are already been in like uh, trauma loops or, been, uh, or, or, spirits and triggers or in toxic relationships, if anything, it magnifies it. So it's going to make it even more tense, right? It's going to make it more so like, okay, well, you've been going to work every week and now you're in the house and it looks like you don't ever damn work. What you been doing? You know, but like to say, it's, well, it's the social it's the socializing that you miss. You know, you miss that piece where you get to see A, B, C, and D, you know, this person, that person, you know, you get to catch up, you know, that socializing, that piece right there is so important. It's like, how do you incorporate yeah. that to working at home? Do you start having a, um, I guess, a Zoom meeting with the people that you was close to just to kick it a little while? You, know, <laughs> you schedule it out, you know, you all right. jump on the same calendar, say, hey, in 15 minutes, we're going to take a break, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I get it, I get it. And then also you know, coupled with that in terms of, uh, you know, depending on the profession, because this is the thing, you know, uh, like even take me, for example, you know, being a, being a therapist, I'll adapt because I have to, 
But the thing is, is there's so much, there's so much language spoken without words, body language, facial expression, energy, things like that. Because I'm very good at what I do, and I love doing what I do, what I do for a living. It's a blessing. Uh, this is my divine wall. But I really do value just that energy and sitting in front of someone and helping them, right, with, with therapeutic modalities and things like that. And there's there's so much that is said without a word. And just even with maybe some of the listeners listening right now that, that, have, had, that have had groundbreaking therapy sessions or just groundbreaking conversations with friends or just people that are empaths or healers that ain't even a therapist or anything like that. Right? It's just like, wow, they felt mm-hmm. my energy. Wow. You know, just I was going to go get my oil change and then all of a sudden it just had this enlightening conversation and things like that. So it's like, that doesn't mean that that's totally dead, but you're not going to be able to do that in the cyber world. So I get that for some people, that could be very stressful and it may actually have some people thinking about the concept of self love. That don't mean you don't love yourself, but you know, just the, talk about that because this is the thing like there's maybe some some people that are experiencing something called trauma leaks and i know you're gonna be like well come on jay you can't just drop that and not no that's that. right so, you can't <laughs> you know you you know you can't, you can't just drop that <laughs> yeah so trauma loops often are interchangeable with like uh, people that become codependent, like codependent, like activity, right? Instead of, uh, so instead of it just being with a person, you could be codependent on toxic things that you do with yourself. So think about the concept of the word loop. Loop meaning this is constantly going in a circle or this is a, a constant phenomenological thing that keeps occurring, right? It's just like if somebody happened to keep dating the same person and it keep ended up the same results. And like, wow, <laughs> you can't just say, well, it's these people. It's like, well, you're choosing them, you know. And so it's just like, well, <laughs> what what loop, what loop, or what is actually being triggered to that that keeps putting you know in you in this situation? So that's the whole concept of like a trauma loop. And with those pieces, and it's not to just, you know, create this, you know, this scary term or anything like that. But it's amazing when I do a lot of research and a lot of sessions and the things I learn from people, just people. I'm just a life learner. You know, the concept of just like a, a trauma loop and actually trying to break them intentionally, right? Because um, in order to do that, you have to know what your triggers are. Correct. Because it takes triggers and trauma triggers to trigger the trauma loop, right? And then also what that does is that creates distress. But this is the thing, like I said on last show, you know, the most difficult test to take is the test you don't know you're taking. But now the so thing is, but how do you how do you handle that stress or how do you recognize that stress is even there? Because a lot of people don't even realize that they're, they're, they're stressed out. They've been that way for so long, so wired. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, the thing is, is you one, you'll have a physiological reaction because your body will tell you, right, if your body starts shutting down and things like that. But also, even with that, I know that there's some individuals that all they do is just hustle hard. You know, so even when their body's sick, they're like, man, I'm a warrior. I'm going to just go ahead and just, 
get me some water, stay hydrated, and just stay stay in the battle. You know, so number one, for the individuals that don't know they're stressed out, number one is your health. You know, hey, even if you're wealthy, you're nothing without your health. You can't spend your wealth without your health. So that is the first thing. Uh, so true, that, so that true. Marker, is your health, is your health, because it's very practical, right? I mean, if you was dog sick and you was throwing all up, you know, I mean, even the toughest warriors will go, woof, not today. I'll do it three times. You know what I mean? It, I'll just work from home. But even with that, that builds up this stress. So number one, check your health, right? Number two, really be, you, you have to have this self-exploration or this self-reflection of, because this is the thing, if you're in a bad mood all the time or whatever was happening, you know, it's going to trigger other things, right? You can only sit and act so long, act, act, you know, act and let, you know, like things ain't happening for so long. So like with depression and things like that, that's mood, right? That's and then so eventually, true. you know, it's going to affect you. And then if you're sitting at home all day or do you feel like totally so doom and gloom, you know, it, it Two things that happen. It's either you're going to sit and just go, wow, okay, this is just taking me over. And then you have the other side where people are going, I know something's wrong. I know the way I've been operating, something's up. I, I, I need to get a hold on this. Because one thing that, like I said a minute ago, the most practical thing is health. When you're sick and you can barely get out of bed, and this is the thing, a lot of times it may not even be you know, like uh, your stomach, it may just be, you know, uh, like your shoulder all of a sudden, you just get these sharp pains. And it's just like, well, dang, I ain't been playing basketball. I ain't, I ain't been doing nothing like that. But this is the thing. Your body is responding to the way you operate and the way that you constantly move. It's almost like being an athlete without stretching. You can only do that for so long until you tear something. Yeah. Even LeBron James got stretched. You know what I mean? And so when you look at that analogy and we're talking about stress, what are the triggers? And for the people that are like, I, I don't even know if I'm extremely stressed out because I just this is just how I live. This is just how I, you know, but this is the thing. You're not going to get to that point to put your hands on the stress to change it until you're able to acknowledge it. If you're running a hundred, if you're driving a hundred miles an hour, you're not going to be confused between a hundred miles an hour and fifty miles an hour. You yeah. get pulled over, you're going to know pretty damn quick. You know, but that's that's <laughs> like I'm trying to think of the senator that uh, I don't know if it was Rand Paul, one of the senators who just recently tested positive for um, coronavirus, and. He, what was the story? He t went to get the test, went back to work, found out he was positive, went back to work, you know, <laughs> running on stress. Because, you know, there were so many deadlines that the things that he had to have to get done, but he's basically running on stress. Yeah, and he's probably been running like that his whole life. His whole There's life. A lot of people that can identify with that. Correct. You know, I mean, I can identify with that because I just this is how I move. But I've had to learn over the years that it's just you know there there really is an art to not caring. You know, there's not there's there's not giving a damn, right? There's not giving a shit, and then there's well, 
situation or whatever was happening, how much energy am I going to give this? I, that's why with my motto is like, just arts are not caring. There's some things that, you know, they, they, they don't get that many tally marks because, you know, the brain is like a filing cabinet. It's like a data, you know, and it's just like, what are you going to let take up your space? I mean, what are you going to, you know, what are you really going to let take up all of this space and this emotion and things like that? So, you know, um, it's an arts and not caring. I mean, I'm not saying be irresponsible, but you got to, it's just like, okay, all right, they made a mistake on a, a payment or something like that. You know that it's Sunday and you're going to do, places are closed. You got to wait till Monday. You got to say, hey, look, y'all going to have to correct this, X, Y, Z. Yeah, it's irritating, but that's the thing. Um, another useful tool, um, a cognitive, cognitive behavioral therapy tool is something called the catastrophe scale. Right, and how this works is is also the whole point of of the catastrophe skill is to uh, manage your self talk and to know the difference between what a violation is versus what's hurting you versus mm-hmm. what's just making you uncomfortable. Right, and where the distortion comes in at is when you're treating things that you're uncomfortable about as violations. Because I, oh, he didn't call me back. Oh, psh, I'm blocking you. You know, it's just like, well, was that really a violation? Or did that just make you more comfortable? Or, or I mean, did, did it hurt you that they didn't call you back? Because even if it's in a category you're hurt, how did it become a violation? Right? And that's where the distortion comes in at. And we do the same thing with stress. When we go, you know, I could carry that couch by myself. And it's just like, you might break your back. You know, you might want to get somebody to help you take this up the stairs a bit, right? Mm-hmm. So there's ego there playing in this. It's not just this, you know, it's not this mystical thing that falls upon you and all of a sudden you're like, I didn't know I was this stressed. I, you know, I, I get it. You can say that, but you, you've been going. So you, you've been going and going and going and going and going and going. And, and the thing is, is the interesting thing, Dex, is, is even while this is happening with the landscape of, um, you know, in terms of, you know, having to stay in the house a bit more and, and move differently, you notice, like I said, the clock doesn't go back. We still moving. We still moving and grooving. We still going forward. We still, you know what I mean? We're adapting. So that's the thing. If we're not taking these moments to realize, well, what am I really doing with this stress? I mean, is this because there's, there's some people that, if, you know, if you don't get your stress uh, managed, I mean, it has killed a lot of people. Yeah, that is so true. It's not a joke. It's not a joke. And you could talk to that. like. Yeah, that's one thing I'm thankful for. Out of all my siblings and my parents, I'm the only person in my family who doesn't have high blood. Why is that? Why is that? I learned early. What do you do so differently? I I learned early how to manage my stress, my man. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) I learned really early how to manage my stress. Yeah. And I also learned what what type of foods affect African American, the black community, that actually increases the blood pressure. And those type of things that I've always stayed away from. So now today I'm the only one with no high blood. Mm. So, so Dex, I got a question for you. So, 
this is the thing with, with like with changing diets and things like that because you know what you eat, you consume, and more than just digestion, right? My question to you is: is when you made that decision to start managing your stress and change the way you were eating, what was the thing that helped you become, I guess, mentally stronger to remain diligent in changing your diet and changing the things so you didn't stress out as much because it's so hereditary. Oh, simple, man. What basically kept me going was because I was born in the hospital. Not just because I was born at the hospital. I was born to be in the hospital all the time. Mm. So when I was born, I had a tumor. So at, at 10 months, I was back in the hospital having surgery. As a, as a child, as a kid, playing around in, in, uh, in the playground, cut my toenail off back in the hospital. As a teenager, had major, major spinal surgery. So I spent my, I spent my whole life in the hospital. But the thing about it, every time I go to the hospital, they check my blood pressure. Your blood pressure is great. I go with my siblings and my parents, and you do so much of blood pressure. <laughs> And just listening to them tell them that blood pressures were so high and me doing, well, nope. And I just put, I pushed myself away from the table, especially as a teenager living at home. Because, you know, your mom cooks, she cooks all that great food, that's all that greasy food, you know, and all that. And I don't eat any pork and I never have ate any pork. And I just push away and I just go stand my ground to the family. Nope, I don't eat it. Nope, I don't want it. Nope. Just that simple. So I just had to make a choice. Was I going to spend my life in the hospital or have a life? Wow. That's pretty deep. That's, that's, that's pretty deep. I'm pretty sure some people listening that that's their story. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, you have to make a choice. You have to make a decision. You have to make a choice. How you want to spend your life. Wow. That's so true, so true, so true. Wow. Well, you know, this is this this is a this is a pretty this is a pretty good show with a lot of the things that we're talking about. Hopefully, you know, with some of the listeners, how you're handling your stress. Hopefully, you know, during this podcast today, you know, this has you thinking about um, how you operate and actually how you are, uh, you know, managing your stress and. And, and what you're not only how you're managing your stress, but what are you putting the measurement up to? Because uh, absolutely, a lot of us, yeah. I mean, a lot of us are, you know, breadwinners, providers, protectors, and things like that. That measurement stick is going to be so tall. Sometimes you got to go. You know, I'm human. There's got to be a different way to do this. Way. Like I said, right. you need to, you have to recognize what those stressors are, especially when you're in the office environment, because you can find yourself sometimes the stressors, not just it's some of the people that you're around that can be stressors. Cause some people just love to have just, just love chaos period. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm. You know, they live that way and you can get so caught up in it. You know, you have to realize if you're getting caught up in it, step back. Simple. It's just step back, yeah. step away. Find another group to you know to hang out with. 
got to move different. But dang, yeah, that's that's very deep, especially in relationships, even outside of the office, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. The tell of the tape. You have to find those, realize what those stressors are, and just either you know let it go. You know, if that means the person that you love the most is the stressor, sit down and have a talk with that person about they stress you, they're stressing you out, and why. Speak up. There you go. Speak up. Nobody's mind readers. You got to speak up. And the, and the thing is, is, you know, even with speaking up about it and things like that, it takes self-awareness. Because if you're in a toxic relationship and it fires off of chaos and things like that, you know, it's going to take, uh, it's, it's going to be a high demand of yourself and that self-advocacy for you to go, you know what? This feels like abuse. And the way you treat me, it's continuously stressing me out. I don't want to stress you out, but I want us to be able to come together and have some harmonious moments, mm-hmm. right? But you never know what that person is going through as well. It's not to demonize the other person, but there's some people that just thrive off of chaos. If it ain't no drama and trauma, they don't want to be around it, but then they're the first ones going, oh, you know, so-and-so won't got it together. I got it together, and it's just like... You know, like sometimes, like sometimes it's just a, it's just the competition of the work. You, know, you got some people that are more competitive at work, and you become more competitive against them, and that becomes that actually stress becomes a stressor for you because you're trying to compete. Because you know, within the organization, uh, the organizations are designed to have you to compete against each other, so we can get the best talent. And, and, you're, and you're forced in that because you have to survive. Yep. You don't want to become a scapegoat, right? So, that's that's I mean, so there's, true. There's some practical, realistic things happening. So, you know, um, I know that you let me get the last word and things like that because we're around enough to that to that thirty minute mark and things like so that. So, this time on your last um, word, I want you to give us the what advice did you give? to those that are working at home now and stressing out, what is your what is your advice to them? Okay, so for my last word today, my advice to you is to take care of your spirit, um, your health, right, and have conversations with your loved ones that, you know, you can get some feedback from. And I understand you can't go to everybody because you're like, yeah, that's my loved one, but strangers treat me better. You know, that's the reason why self-awareness is so big. And also for the last word I would say is, is where is your sanctuary? Right? Where is the place that that work energy is forbidden to go into? Right? Mm, because these are energetic boundaries. You have choices in the matter. And your routine is what's going to influence your health and your energy. And even with your spirit, you cannot spell spiritual without ritual. So regardless, you have a routine and you have a pattern or if you have a ritual, all of this stuff has in common is energy and how are you going to balance that harmony and, and the choice. Absolutely. What's your choice? Absolutely. Perfect. All right, Jason, with that, we're going to sign off. I want to thank you, Jason, for joining me again today as guest host. And do definitely want to give a shout-out to everyone that's 
working from home and hope you guys take a moment to listen to this and take notes and start to make some changes to adjust your own lifestyle and get rid of those stressors. And with that being said, we're signing off. Thank you, everyone. Have a great evening.